This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to a Blood Red podcast special. Myself, Matt Addison, with Paul Gorse, Theo Squires and Kiefer McDonald here with you for the second time. Today, we recorded a podcast, of course, earlier in the afternoon, as usual. Mohamed Salah was inevitably on the agenda back then. But since then, big news has emerged. Mohamed Salah has signed a contract extension worth around £350,000 per week at Liverpool until 2025. It's a heavily incentivised deal, Gorsty. It's linked to trophies won, but the main thing is that after such a long saga, this deal is done and dusted. I'll come to you first. What What's your initial reaction on this one? Do you know what? That's a good question because um, I don't actually know. Um, I mean, it's great, obviously great news for Liverpool, superb news. It's news that fans have wanted to hear for some time. Um, I, I just didn't think it would be as, as sudden as it has been in terms of that. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not sudden in terms of it's been allowed to drag into the last 12 months. It's just that it has gone to a certain point. I didn't think it, it had happened, Jordan. I didn't think it happened this summer, to be honest. Um, I possibly expect. I, I always, I always thought that you know there was where there was a will, there was a way, and Liverpool um, have been desperate to keep him. Um, Tom Tom Vernon, actually, funnily enough, he, he had a chance to speak to him a couple of weeks ago, um, possibly towards the end of May, and, and they basically said that they've communicated their desire to to keep Salah, and then the rest of it is down to Liverpool's officials, you know, your Julian Wards and and you know whoever else is is leading those negotiations these days, Mike Gordon uh, as well. Um, but once once it's got into the last twelve months, I did as I say, I didn't think it had come. As sudden as it has, I thought it might have been a case of um, you'd see an agreement maybe a little later on down the year as it kind of crept a little bit closer towards January and you were getting that unpalatable prospect of Salah being able to speak to teams, you know, with, with his contract coming into the final six months. And, and I don't doubt for a second the teams have, have already kind of approached Salah behind the scenes and, and spoken the club because I don't think um, quite as, as black and white as it's painted out to be generally these type, these sorts of things plenty of shades of grey involved but uh, ultimately it's uh, it's the news that Liverpool fans wanted to hear it's a massive it's a massive boost going into pre-season and, and you know into the summer as a whole and then as we said earlier on in the in the pod today I fully expect uh, Salah to get a full pre-season behind them and, and hit the ground running and you'll start to see the kind of form that he was in at the beginning of, of last season where you know he was probably the best player in the world Um so he's not playing, he hasn't got that additional kind of point to prove to the club in terms of, look, this is what I'm capable of, pay me what what I'm worth. That's all put to bed now. And I suppose, in a way, it's a, um, well, he won't have that kind of fuel to the fire. It's something that, you know, I'm sure has definitely put his and his family's mind at ease and he'll just be able to play with the freedom that uh, we know we're capable of. As Gusty says, Theo, there, it, it, it was never kind of inevitable that this would be the conclusion. I think a lot of people were a little bit concerned about the prospect of him potentially going on a free. All of that now is wiped. Liverpool fans go into the new season with a bit of clarity and a bit of certain, or a lot of clarity and a lot of certainty around what's going to happen with Mohamed Salah. But I suppose the, the thing in the back of my mind all along during this saga was that it just makes sense. I think it makes sense for Liverpool to keep a player like this. It makes sense for Mohamed Salah to stay. And 
ultimately, it, it does seem to me like the, the most sensible and logical conclusion has been reached. Well, yeah, from the, the club's point of view, when Julian Ward took over as sporting director, he was um, tasked with revamping the front line, and that's partly why we've seen Sadio Mane move on. We've seen Diaz, Nunes and Carvalho come in, and it was all about protecting Liverpool going forward, so it wasn't the end of a great team. sees them drop down the table again, it's so they could refresh and carry on their success. But having said that, their intention was always to have Salah with them if they could. He was the exception to this. And that's why there was not that certainty that we'd seen with, say, Gini Wijnaldum in the past where he gets to that final year and you think, yeah, he's probably going to go on a free. There's always that chance. Well, you know the club wants to keep him. You know the player wants to stay, that they can find this breakthrough. It just needs to be that middle ground. And that's what's happened from the sound of it. Um, it's actually happened pretty quickly as well. Like, uh, I think talks were held in Miami at the turn of the year where they had the basic structure in place. We know an offer had been rejected in December. We know that it didn't go well in March, considering the, the agent's comments on uh, social media at the time. But now it's like, well, pre-season starts on Monday. It's that perfect final signing going into pre-season. Uh, it is a heavily incentivized contract. So it's basically protecting the club's wage structure but rewarding Salah if he does what he's been doing for the past five seasons. Like It's not just on the, the team's performances. If he scores the goals and he gets the assists, having got the golden boot last year, having got the playmaker award last year, he is going to be getting big money for it. But then Liverpool are going to benefit from him doing that as well. So it might not have been an easy deal to conclude, but it was always their priority to get it done. Liverpool wanted to keep him. They know he is one of the best players in the world and he was certainly the best player in the world for the first half of the season. If he'd had that form for the second half of the season, Liverpool will probably win the quadruple when he wins the Ballon d'Or. It's as simple as that. Now they've got this done and he is part of the future for three more years. And Liverpool have said, well, he's still at his peak at the end of that. He's going to be 33 when this contract extension expires. And you look at Messi, Ronaldo, Ibrahimovic, Benzema, Lewandowski. There's no reason why he couldn't get another contract off the end of that. But that also means in 12 months' time, we're going to be in the exact same situation again because he'll have two years left on his contract. And we're going, oh, is he going to get another contract? Let's basically see if he can keep up his standards. If he does, Liverpool profit, he profits. And aren't we just all glad this saga's over? It's given everyone a boost. Uh, you no, know, Liverpool's income and business seems to be done. Well, they've saved the best till last. Yeah, the, the last thing I think we all wanted was to, to keep talking through another season of this, Kiefer. And I suppose with pre-season just a couple of days away, it's it's a massive boost ahead of that as well, isn't it? How big a, a deal do you think this will be, not just for, for Salah, but probably for, for the rest of his Liverpool teammates as well? They've got clarity on whether he's going to be there or not. Yeah, I think 100% that. Uh, I mean, obviously, we knew he was going to be at Liverpool this season. He came out in May and said that, you know, there was no danger, obviously, of him being sold this summer. But... You know, beyond that, and and as Theo touched on, obviously Julian Ward's obviously been given this task to kind of, you know, have a couple of, you know, pointers ahead of next summer, and you know, one eye on next summer, and kind of, you know, start that revamp. Um, obviously, we've seen that with the departure of Mane, and obviously, with the uncertainty of a player of Mohamed Salah's quality, it, he's not someone you can go out and replace overnight. So obviously, it alleviates that burden from Liverpool, from you know their list of things to do, um, and for his teammates as well. You know, it's 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 the next in a long list of you know players who have signed contracts. I mean, obviously Henderson and Van Dijk, Robertson, Trent last year, Fabinho, Allison as well. I mean, you're looking at the core, you know, the core structure of, of a team that's you know won what six trophies in four years, five years. That they've all signed new deals, and you know they're all ready to go again. The manager signed a new deal. 
Um, you know, there's there's been changes. You know, I think I think obviously it's important that things don't stagnate. So you know, that it has been freshened up with, you know, the likes of Nunez, Jota in recent years, Diaz. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a really exciting time. And I think as, as Gorsi touched on as well, you know, <clears throat> now that the saga is over, you know it probably almost gives him another point to prove in, in terms of, right, you've got your money, you, you've got the deal that, you, you you know, you crave for so long. Go out there and, and you know, do that form over the course of a season like we know he can do because as much as he, you know, he, he can say, for, you know, going through every mix zone, you know, for the second half of last season that it didn't affect him. He's only human at the end of the day. His his future, you know, was uncertain. He didn't know, um, you know, he I think he made it clear that he wanted to stay, obviously, before the Champions League final, but... You know that was obviously him trying to jump the gun and, and make sure the club obviously probably didn't have any um you know plans to maybe cash in on him or, or whatever but um you know as, as of course he said again clubs would have been you know looking obviously there wouldn't have been a great deal of clubs that probably would have been able to kind of advance on what liverpool are offering but you know why would you want to leave liverpool i mean it, it's in such a good position at the minute as i said Klopp signed a new deal there's so many core players um they're going into a new generation and and, and as theo said you know I think Klopp, Klopp mentioned before the turn of the year, he kind of referenced Lewandowski, didn't he, as like the the benchmark and and and, and Ronaldo in terms of you know playing at the peak level at, at such a you know well into thirties. And there's no reason why Salah won't do that. We know that he's a model pro. His recovery's spot on. Um, he's what thirty years old now. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if in six years' time he's still playing in the Premier League or you know in one of Europe's top leagues. I mean, it's it's you know the game's changed. You're not done. I mean, ten years ago, if you look at kind of FSG's model what it would have been for players over 30. I mean, I remember when Colo Torre got given a contract and that was like, what? Um, so, you know, for, for them to be given out, you know, £350,000 to, to a 30-year-old, it's they deserve credit as well for that to kind of adapt and, and kind of change their approach, you know, for, for the, you know, for the for the best of the club, really. And, and hopefully, like you say, it will kick on a, a new era now at Liverpool. Yeah, for all the, the talk of, of transfers, Gorsty, this summer, this sort of feels to me like the biggest signing of the summer that Liverpool could have done. It was the big one to tick off the list for Julian Warden. You look at other clubs, Manchester City have made a big splash, Liverpool have made a big splash of their own with Darwin Nunez, but to sign up Mohamed Salah for the next few seasons is just as big, if not bigger, than any of those, isn't it? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It is, uh, purely because, you know, if you if you look at it as though you're signing a player, whether he's new or not, there's, the Liverpool would not have been able to have bought a better player than Mohamed Salah for that position. Um, so, um, what, what's what's the alternative? Either he signs or, or you replace him. And for me, any replacement would, would be a step down because he's just the, the perfect player for Liverpool's system. He's proven that over the last five years. And, and I think it's an interesting one that he's kind of communicated his determination to continue performing well into his, his 30s. And he keeps himself an absolutely... Incredible nicht, doesn't he? You've only got to see the, the pictures that he's putting up from uh, from the, the island that he's on at the moment, which I believe is, is Mykonos, and he's just an absolute machine. And I think football's changed actually in the last few years. You know, in the day you're looking at kind of retirement age, 32, 33, certainly 34. But nowadays, some of the best players in the world are still going strong well into the mid to late 30s, aren't they? Kareem Benzema is one of the um, one of the, the front runners for the Ballon d'Or. I think he's 35 in December. Um, Luka Modric still going strong, isn't he? What's he, 36? Um, Jordan Henderson is still patrolling Liverpool's midfield. And then you've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who's playing for AC Milan in, in the Champions League this season, or last season, rather. He's 41, I think, in October. Um, Messi, of course. Um 
Ronaldo's going to be what 37, 38. So generally, football's changed now. Players keep themselves in a lot better condition than they used to years ago, where they go on the summer holidays and, and the excess of the drink and, and the food. That, that see them coming into pre-season with some weight to shift. It's um, a completely different ball game now, and Salah is, is at the cutting edge of that. So I don't expect him to tail off dramatically over the coming seasons. So uh, yeah, I think he'll be Liverpool's top man for the next three years, certainly. Jamie Carragher's been reacting to it, Theo. He says that Mohamed Salah can go on and become one of Liverpool's best ever players. And it's really hard to, to argue with that, isn't it? The fact that he's been here so long and is already in that conversation. If he continues at the same levels, which obviously he and Liverpool hope and expect that he can do, if if he does that for another three years, I mean, where on earth will, will he be in the standings? He'll be right up there, won't he? Imagine that was Gorsty's dog we were hearing in the background. Was it really happy to see Salah sign this new contract as well? <laughs> I was going to say, I was waiting for Gorsty to just make a Jack Grealish dig. Because like, the way the summer's gone, that would have been perfect there. But no, we'll stay clear of this uh, City Liverpool thing and I'll actually answer your question. Um, I was just saying to Joe when we were filing this, you look at the Liverpool scoring charts, he's only two off Michael Owen anyway. But if he does meet these standards that he's been setting for the last five years and he's getting 25, 30, 35 goals a season, he's third in the scoring charts potentially by the time this contract's up like before you with Liverpool scoring charts you always say no, it's impossible for anyone to overtake Rush for anyone to overtake Roger Hunt well if he does it for the next three years he is right up in that company and then if he's still doing it as you see with Messi and all these other legendary strikers well into their 30s he is properly chasing down the greatest goal scorers in Liverpool's history he already is one of the best goal scorers in Liverpool's history, having sensational seasons. But this gives him that extra legendary status, doesn't it? Like, so for so long, we're used to seeing players uh, come along, win a few trophies, and then go for past year's new. In the past, it's been for better things. Mane's done it, signed a sideways step. But Salah's now committing to the club for, what, best part of a decade. Like, this is true, one of Liverpool's top five greatest ever players by the end of this if he's matching these standards and you think well what else can he win um the key word what you're giving him the club with the information is he has an obsession with keeping fit winning trophies scoring goals all these achievements he isn't happy that he's just won one fa cup one league cup one premier league one champions league one super cup one club world cup he wants two he wants three he wants four um we're saying was it the Bayern munich offer for mane was oh you get the full money if we win the Champions League three times and if he wins the Ballon d'Or three times, Salah will want that to be a reality for him. He'll want to win the Champions League three times in the next three years. He'll want to win the Ballon d'Or three times in the next three years. Uh, it's up to him to get close to those standards, but it is that obsession. That's why he is one of the, the very best players in the world. And well, if can be in this position where they give the player that importance, that sort of contract, and you can have no doubts that he could reach these standards well into his 30s, where others, as I mentioned, when Gorsty wasn't listening, so he, he can't have a little chuckle at it, uh, at the Etihad maybe aren't as professional. Kiefer, in terms of, of the summer and, and what this means for, for Liverpool, I mean, I think most people were fairly content with what Liverpool had done. There was a bit of a conversation around a midfielder, and we spoke through that on the podcast a little earlier today, but... I think with this on top, this was this was the real sort of thing that everyone wanted, wasn't it? How much does this change the perception of what Liverpool have done this summer? Oh, 100%. I mean, it just adds a, a bit of gloss, doesn't it, to Liverpool's business that they've already done. I mean, it just shows you that perception's everything because Liverpool, if Salah hadn't signed today, say they'd be going into the, uh, into the season with the exact same squad, but 
because obviously they've got that security of Salah for the next three years, you know, they're already happy. And, you know, maybe it will just kind of, uh, I, I think, you know, the, the committee and, and Michael Edwards and the work they've all done and obviously Julian Ward's now taking that baton on, you know, they deserve everyone's trust and there's a reason, you know, they've got a plan and, you know, the principles they stick to. And I think this just, you know, just, just shows that really. And, and, you know, if they choose not to go for a midfielder this summer for whatever reason that may be, um, you know, if they're waiting for something next year or there's nothing in the market that kind of, you know, suits what they're after, I think they, they've proven with their business, you know, time and time again. I mean, the signing of Salah himself, what, five years ago, I mean, if if, if fans could have had their, their way, I mean, it would have been Julian Brandt and, and Mario Goethe, one of those coming through the door at the time. And, you know, we they I don't think they would have done anything near to what Salah has done at Anfield during his, during his five years. So, you know, it just uh, his career is, um, at Liverpool has been, you know, a success story for obviously him personally, but obviously the recruitment of Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, and especially like, you know, you, you look at City and, and the Haaland deal. Um, I know obviously after the Champions League final, it was quite a hard thing, hard thing to take for a lot of people. Like City just added another, you know, world-class player to their ranks. And then obviously we matched that with Darwin Nunes. And then again, you know, you've got Salah, um, and yeah, it's just going to be an exciting time. I mean, what did he have last week? I think he had seven weeks off last summer. Um, he's probably had what four, three and a half, four weeks this summer. Um, he's not going to be going to the World Cup, so you'd you'd imagine that he'd be in pretty good nick for the second offer for last season. I mean, he he he's not the kind of person who'd come out and say that he was fatigued after Afcon, or you know, he's maybe demoralised by what happened in in Afcon and the World Cup qualifying. But obviously, that would have played a, a huge part in his, his mind. You know, especially obviously being in in close proximity to to Mane and, you know, kind of, you know, the the nature of how that unfolded. So, you know, if he can have a, you know, a four-week break, whatever it is, a five-week break over over November, if he gets a good start to the season, he can pick that up, you know, from Christmas onwards and and hopefully fire Liverpool to to another couple of uh, trophies and and get his name right up those uh, scoring charts. Yeah, you'd certainly fancy him to do that. I'm sure that will be his aim and Liverpool's aim and you wouldn't be surprised if it came true either. But, Gorsty, in terms of, uh, we've mentioned Sadio Mane, obviously, has, has moved on. There's still a question mark a little bit over Roberto Firmino. It, it always felt, though, that Mohamed Salah was going to be an exception if Liverpool were to get this contract done as they had now. He scores more goals than anyone else, he would argue. He deserves more money than everyone else. In terms of the numbers involved here, how much of an exception do you think this is? And I suppose if you were going to break it for anyone, it, it pro- probably would have to be him. Yeah, well, the numbers kind of back that up, don't they? We know that Van Dijk, when he signed his new deal, it kind of put him in the brackets of somewhere between 200000 to £220,000 a week. Um, Liverpool very, you know, don't divulge those terms for obvious reasons, because, you know, same reason, you know, our company doesn't, detail how much we're getting paid every month do they it's just kind of private and whatever else but we, we know that that's roughly what van dyke was earning and is earning uh, so for salad to completely smash that and move up to somewhere between 350 and and 400 depending on you know what he what he can get up to in terms of the heavily incentivized contract it just shows you how much uh he is thought of within the, the club and by the ownership group so um yeah, I mean, he is a special case, uh, so it was always going to have to be something that kind of put him towards the, the the top end of the Premier League, Premier League's top earners, you know, Kevin De Bruyne and and previously, you know, your Paul Pogba's and whoever else. So uh, he deserves it. He's certainly proven that over the last five years, and now it's all done and dusted and settled. Uh, he can look to um, put that behind him and, and just, just carry on as he has been, really. He doesn't really need to change much, does he? Just... Get a little bit of a rest and, and come back um, fit and firing and uh, Liverpool will be able to be in the thick of it again. 
Absolutely. So superb news for Liverpool. That is all we've got time for on this Blood Red Reaction special, though. There's loads more, of course, across onto the Liverpool Echoes website, liverpool.com as well. We've got loads more to come in the next few days. I'm sure that will add a spring to everyone's step as well, heading into pre-season for Liverpool. Mohamed Salah signed up for another three years. That's all we've got time, though, for, for now. Thank you for watching and goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.